Hi everyone and welcome to Tuesday Tips for parents of teens here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers. And today, oh today, this Tuesday, we are so, so blessed to have the beautiful Lenora Edwards with us. And Lenora is an ASHA board certified speech language pathologist working as the chief knowledge officer with better speech. And Laura is going to show us how to effectively communicate clearly and, and intentionally. And another thing I believe Lenora is going to be talking about, and that's why I can't wait for this conversation, is um, how, you know, how, you know, how broken lines of communication can become effective and clear with the right tools. So we're looking forward to hearing these tools. And as always, my name is Angela Karanja. I am an adolescent psychologist and a parenting teenagers expert here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers and a newly bestseller. You guys know that, don't you? Yay. <laughs> so I'm still celebrating. We can continue to milk this because it's excitement for all of us. When one wins, we all win. So I'm excited about that. So Lenora, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. It's so great to be here. And congratulations on your book. That is absolutely phenomenal and so wildly exciting. We should get you like a sash and a crown and celebrate with streamers. That is incredible. <laughs> Let's get the uh, pom-poms out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So as you mentioned, my name is Lenora Edwards, and I'm a board-certified speech-language pathologist. ASHA is the American Speech and Hearing Association board that is over here in the U.S., and the company that I work for is called Better Speech, and we are so proud to be nationwide and internationally known, and we provide online speech therapy services in the most affordable and effective manner, and we've been online long since before the pandemic, so we are very comfortable with that, and we're very proud of that. Um, wow. So thank you so much for having me here today, and we're gonna we're gonna jump right in. You mentioned about communicating with intention. I absolutely love communication. Absolutely love language. From the time that <clears throat> little ones are are being are being shaped in their mother's womb, they're constantly hearing voices. They're constantly mm -hmm. hearing language. So our language, our building blocks, start that early. And they continue to grow, which is why communication is so important. And we have a variety of forms of communication. Not only do we have verbal language, we also have non-verbal language. Mm -hmm. So when you're communicating with your facial expressions and your body and your, your hands, as you're in incorporating all of this, this is also communication. Mm -hmm. So it really goes beyond just putting together a sentence. That's so right. it's really quite amazing. Absolutely. I love I love the way you you said even before the kids are born and free uh, birth and one of the things I absolutely love and I'm so grateful that I was aware of even before I got my little ones was was the vibrations that they 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 can know they know when you're when you're happy they know when you're you're not happy they know and it's 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 the language of the of the world and you know it's it's the way you can go into a room and you know something is not right mm -hmm. right and i i love that the fact that you said that it's not just the words because if it was just the words then how would you explain how how we are able to you know how we are able to even speak with our pets how we are able to speak with people who who have hard of hearing or you know so i i'm really excited one of the things i like to ask our guest lenora is um and and you and you started it and one of the reasons i said yes to this was <laughs> we here really are keen and we really hone in on practicing intentional parenting. So in your words, what would you say intentional parenting is? I love that. That's such a great question. And I was listening to your other podcasts and I, I love how you're able to, to shape that 
so beautifully into all your, all your podcasts and all the communication that you do with so, so many people. The intention for me is how are you communicating? How are you sending this energy of language, this emotional language, this verbal language? How are you communicating it? And how are they able to receive it? Depending on on the context, truly as somebody who is just naturally caring to begin with, that's how I intentionally communicate. I want to be understood. I want other people to be understood. So I will do my best to be as clear, but also as genuine and as authentic and, and to my own self be true because there's so much that care is carried in the voice, especially when you mentioned your little one, when they were in your womb, absolutely. They're picking up this emotional language, this tone of yours. They know when you're not happy. They know when you are happy. They're feeling all of this. And that is absolutely incredible because we feel so many different things, not only with our intention of our voice, not only with our hands, we are constantly feeling the world around us. And to me, to intentionally communicate would be from the heart in a sincere manner. Wow, I love that. And what I heard you say that is so exciting to me is you go into a situation with kindness and authenticity, like you're true, you're true to yourself and you're true to the situation. You want, you so want them to understand you, but you also want to understand them. What that is amazing intentionality, you know, can you imagine if we all went into conversations and in situations with that kind of heart, we would have, you know, brilliant communications, brilliant, you know, it, it would be so nice, you know, it really would be at our core, we want to be heard, understood, and validated, and yeah. to and to come into a conversation with that. What, what I'm doing is this expressive component right now, and your ability to listen is the receptive component. So we are going back and forth and we are having this turn taking. So that way, that is another form of communication. So we're communicating, yes, but the ability to understand language, to understand what you're feeling, that that speaker, to, to understand what the speaker is saying is understanding language. That's a receptive part of language to effectively say it is also the expressive part. But you and I are also having eye contact. You, are, you and I are also on the same level of that communication, which is helping us level up to be more intentional communicators with each other. Oh, I love that. And I remember when we started chatting, I said to you that I like it when, for example, at the moment we are on this Zoom call and I like to see what's happening. I like to see you express yourself. I like to even know and get the cues of when it's my time to speak. And, and I love that. Now, I want to ask you something, Lenora. One of the things that we do here, and I believe we do it very well here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers, is we burst beliefs, right? So I want you to speak to us about when it comes to yourself as a as a speech uh, pathologist, the, the the practitioner. What kind of uh, beliefs or myths are in that? Or do you think that parents believe, for example, I mean. I mean, there's all sorts of maybe the kids should speak at this age or they should do this at this age. You know, we love to burst bubbles. And the reason we love to burst bubbles is so that parents can be liberated and can be free. And in us being free, we can then allow our young people to express themselves freely. So what kind of beliefs exist in that? in that area of speech and therapy and 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 you you may want to mention i don't know if you're going to mention i'm open especially the work couple when, when i when i spoke to some of my parents about today's session they talked about the some of them talked about oh can can can, can she address the things like you know difficulties in speech how can we how can we help them, for example, stammering? And, and to be honest, I said, 
I don't know everything, but I don't know what Lenora is, but I will present your, your ideas. You know, talk to us about typical and atypical speech development. That is such a beautiful question. And I love all the questions that were involved in it. So absolutely. Language, as I said, starts at the very beginning. So that is the receptive part of language. When your little one is growing, especially in those zero to six months, what you're going to see is then they're actually communicating, but non-verbally. They're looking for you. They're turning their head to see where that sound is coming from. They're trying to piece together that information of the world around them. And you as the parent or guardian, your, your role in this is to keep talking, keep talking to them about what you're doing, keep talking to them about why you're doing it. And no, your six month old isn't going to understand up is coming up out of the crib and I'm going to hold you and we're going to change your diaper. They don't get that concept, but what your role is as the parent and the guardian is to tell them what you're doing because you're constantly presenting that information to them and they are absorbing it. So as we're talking, this language is going in, that receptive language of information is going in consistently, which is great. And as your little one develops, they'll start to tip in typical developing children, they'll start to have vocal play where they'll start to make noises and understand they have a voice too. And you'll hear, ah, 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 ee, 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 and that play of them making those noises and blowing bubbles with their lips. They're playing, they're practicing and learning. Oh, wow, I can do this. Oh, wow, I can do this. And that's what's going on. And as they start to get into one and two years old, their language skills are going to start to develop. The, the earliest ones are vowels. Then we start to typically go into P, B, and M, always, most often, because when we're talking to them, these are the ones that they can see on their lips. And usually we're like, ma, or give a kiss and we're puckering our lips and they're like, oh, what are you doing? And they're working to understand and model you. That's what they're constantly doing. That's why it's so important to narrate for them because not only are you telling them, but you're modeling for them. You're telling them the information and they naturally want to model you back. Mm -hmm. So once they get to, let's say, ma that's a consonant and a vowel then they're going to progress to mama that's consonant vowel consonant vowel and this is how their language starts to expand and as they really start to hit or one two their language is going to typically explode which is a great thing so then you're going to start getting words and then you're going to get two words together and then you're going to get three words together and to build on that is absolutely wonderful so let's say they go to ma then you're going to go mama and you're going to help encouraging them to move beyond that or baba or if it's if it's a toy whatever you want to whatever they're coming out with encourage them to continue on with that language by offering that model and then also to encourage more language is offer them opportunities to talk all day long kids are being told what to do where to go and they don't always have a lot of control so when you start to see this, this two-year-old, you know how they sometimes refer to it with such a negative name, but really it could be terrific twos. Mm -hmm. Offer them options and they can be silly options. Do you want this fork or this fork? You know that they're exactly the same fork, but your two-year-old is like, oh, I get one and I get okay. And that way you're offering them that play and that autonomy mm -hmm. to be understood, which is so important because we naturally don't want every decision made for us. And that is a very, which is why little two-year-olds don't want you to make every decision, but offering them opportunities to choose is really, really helpful. So that's how your language is going to start to play. And that's how you can offer their ability to start expressing themselves. Big things that you really want to look for are, are they looking at you? When you call them across the room and you say, Joey, come here. Will A, Joey look at you? Will he turn his head? And will he look at you? And will he follow the command? That command is a receptive part of language. Mm -hmm. Do they know what you want them to do? Mm -hmm. Are they able to process through that? And little ones, their processing time is different than ours. Us, we're do, 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 do. And theirs, they can take up to 10 seconds before you want to re-offer that information again. Okay, come here. 
And then you're modeling it also. We do the, this gesturing, which is helping them understand that direction versus something that's a little more a little more difficult is, okay, go find your shoes and put them on. That's much harder. They have to go, which is an action. They have to track down their shoes. They have to know what their shoes look like. Mm-hmm. And then they have to put them on. That's a really, really hard step or a really hard, complex direction that we're asking yeah. of them. Absolutely. So that's, those are, they're so natural that we do them because we're talking to them and, or we're talking in our language. We don't even think about, mm-hmm. oh, let me put the key in the car, start the car and back out the driveway. We don't think like that. We know that there are steps involved, but we don't think like that because it's so natural to us. It's so automatic. So when you're, when you have a little one, you do have to describe everything to them. So it's really, really important. If you're wondering, you know, will my child need speech therapy, especially if they're young, you mentioned about breaking myths. Mm -hmm. One big one that I love to tell all my parents that come to me at Better Speech is there's nothing that they did wrong. A lot of the time I find that parents think what's wrong with my child and what did I do? Mm. It's, it's not that at all. This is simply, this is where we are. This is where we want to go. It's not about judging. It's not about pointing. And I think that's really something very, very important to communicate to people is that it just is, and we're going to proceed forward. There's no, that you did something wrong because this, there is a stigma that if my child has to go to therapy, whether physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, Mm -hmm. there's a stigma, something's wrong with my child. Mm -hmm. And it's not that at all. You didn't do anything wrong. Or on the other hand, like you said, the parents feel shame or guilt or feel they blame themselves or what have I done wrong? What didn't Mm -hmm. I do at this time? And, and, And you rightly said, this is not about blaming or shaming or this this is not in fact one of the things that we remind parents here is this is for awareness we are making everyone aware of a situation and then what we do as coaches is encourage action action that advances us to the next level that we want to go so it's not about when we when something is pointed out. There's no point sitting there and mourning and groaning and crying. Yeah, it's just acknowledge this is what it is. Where do I want to go? And and I like the way you you said it as well, and it so resonates with with the with what you're saying. So and so that myth of the parent hasn't done anything wrong or there's nothing wrong with your kid. There's actually nothing wrong. They are just where they are. Absolutely. It's so, it's so raising that awareness. Absolutely. Because when you're aware of it and you're willing to take action, then you're moving forward. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing. And, the, and especially with better speech, the fact that we are online, mm-hmm. some people might not like to, to get taken out of class if it's in school, if they need speech therapy, or they might not have the time after because they're in school activities and they don't want to be taken out. Because we are online, we are right there with them every step of the way. And it's so functional. So they can take the action of needing speech therapy services and having that be implemented. And they don't have to have this additional stigma that might go along with it about getting taken out of class or not being able to go to a certain activity, whatever the case may be. That is something that I think is really, really important, especially because today children can feel really judged mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And that'd be amazing if we could break that cultural you know, thing that, that it's constantly happening. And when you do need speech therapy or any type of therapy or any type of support, it's not anything that there should be shame or guilt about. The great thing is that you're getting help. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Fact, absolutely. That's what I say is, what I say is, it's strength. It's strength. When you can stand and say, I don't feel all right. I'm looking for help. I don't feel okay. I'm seeking support. You are the stronger person compared to the person 
who pretends that everything is okay and they're crumbling. And the problem with and, and the problem with, with problems is if you don't do anything about it, they don't go, they don't dissipate by themselves. They get bigger. It's the, the, the it gets bigger. It gets bigger on the outside and it also gets bigger in your head. <laughs> Completely. So really specifically, let's say your little one is having difficulty with L's and R's. What will actually happen? So if you don't work on it, if you don't come for speech therapy services, let's say better speech, if you're not seeking services, what will actually happen is your child will then become aware in time that they're not talking like other people. And then what happens is they will start to become quieter. Mm. They'll also start to talk smaller and they'll move their mouth less because they're trying really hard to compensate for the fact that they're not clear. They know they're not clear and they don't want you to know that they're not clear. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this isolation because now they're uncomfortable and they don't want people to know this. So they're just going to talk less and less. And it is a very actual thing. I see a lot of children that if they don't get, you know, older ones that are now 10, 11 years old, if they didn't get the speech therapy services, what they're actually doing is they are talking smaller. Their lips aren't opening as wide. Their confidence is completely impacted, but I will also see them start to bring their hands toward their mouth. I'll see them cross their body. They'll put a blanket over their face, whatever the case may be, because they're very, very uncomfortable talking because they know that they're not clear, which is why it's so important for us as, as passionate clinicians that we are that we are intentional in our communication mm -hmm. and that we are sincere saying, it's okay, I'm, that's why I'm here. So I literally tell all of my kids that I work with, um, you have a baseball coach, you have a swim coach, you have a tennis coach, I'm your speech coach. That's, right. that's the same thing because when they can associate it with that way, that communication is so important that they understand Oh, it's just another coach. It's another teacher. That's okay. If it's a therapist, sometimes you get a different stigma. Yeah. It's not about labels. Mm -hmm. We're just here. We want you, we want to help you and we want you to feel confident when you talk so that you can stand there confidently talking to your friends in social engagements. When you're also talking to your parents, we want you to be able to feel comfortable and confident talking. So that being said, we also talk about fluency and are they able to literally say their sentences clearly? Because also with better speech, we see the gamut. We see little ones and we see all the way up to older ones, to, to the geriatric, because as a speech pathologist, we cover articulation, we cover language, we cover fluency, but we also cover pragmatics, eye contact, body language story sequencing. We also work on voice. And then we also see older adults if they need it, or if they're having any difficulty for swallowing issues, swallowing difficulties, memory, problem solving. These are all incorporated in speech therapy. So I love to tell a lot of people, we work from the neck and up because <laughs> it's all included. And we get the opportunity as speech pathologists, especially the fact that we are nationwide and we have, we are licensed for over 10 years, and we are in all 50 states and international, we have the ability to talk and work with so many different people. And that is what we are so happy about and so proud of because we can offer that skill, not in six months, we can offer it tomorrow. You can Aww. start, you can go online at betterspeech.com and you can log, you can sign up and start tomorrow with a therapist. If you have concerns, whether they're articulation in your little one, or their fluency in your teenager, or their story sequencing in your teenager, whatever the case may be. Simply mm -hmm. log into betterspeech.com and we can get the ball rolling immediately. We're incredibly affordable. If they wanted to do it just weekly, it's only $80 weekly. Or if they wanted to do it by the month, it's only 260, which is way cheaper than any bill of going into a clinic. Absolutely. But also we offer them a super bill so that they can go to their insurance provider and ensure mm -hmm. the services are covered. Yeah. That is even better. That's, That's incredible. Better, I tell you, do you know what, what you have said? And, I, and I'm going to be bringing you back to especially because as you can imagine, 
a lot of our parents here are parents with, with teenagers and we know that um, adolescents, so we work with, with parents who have kids from any age from eight to about 25, so that's the adolescent, the adolescent age. And I like the way that you're, you're covering it. And, and I want to talk um, in terms of, you talked about um, when they're toddlers, just keep chatting, keep talking to them, keep talking to them. And that's something, it's very interesting because in teenage years, they begin to behave like toddlers, but they've got these big bodies, right? So we are thinking, you should know better, you should think better, but they have almost, and, and also they, they begin to disconnect with us, the language, they, they don't speak to us anyway, right? Most of them will not speak to us, they, they will speak to their friends, but again, their lingo changes, there's, you know, their culture changes and everything. So what I want to ask you, do you have sort of, you know, a personal experience? Is What brought you into this work? And, and I'm going to come back to why I brought in the teenagers, because I like to hear the backstory of, is it something you are interested in? Is it something you, personal? Whatever, there's no wrong or right answers. We just love, we we, we love real here. So. <laughs> um, I love that. That's so great. Uh, so there's a, a variety of things in there. So definitely we'll come back to, um, teen. let's go back to teenagers. So some of the things that you might see with teenagers are if speech therapy may need to be involved, depending on what it is, you're going to hear a lot of, you know, yeah, I don't know. You're going to hear really short phrases and not a lot of detail. So if you're like, oh, what did you like best about the movie? Yeah, it was okay. That is a red flag because if they can't actually give you the sequence of what happened, even in their favorite movie or a movie they just walked out of, that's definitely a red flag because what's happening is they might not be understanding everything. They might not be processing it completely. And then they might not have the vocabulary to explain it. So I see a lot of teenagers that are getting by with, yeah, you know, that's how it was. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the content that we're looking for. Yeah. Um, I think, I think those are vegetables altogether. Yeah. That might be a vegetable. If you're like name 10 vegetables for me and they can't come up with 10, there's a processing component because those are things that they should know. Even if you had said name 10 animals, again, a processing that they should know pretty quickly. So those are really red flags of what is the content that your teenager is talking to you about? Mm -hmm. Also, if they're not making eye contact or you find them turning away from a lot of social situations, those are also red flags. Um, great tip to help with your engaging with your teenagers. This one I love, I, and I, I learned about speech pathology when I was very young. I actually saw a speech pathologist myself when I was um, probably in middle school. My tongue actually came forward and I just kind of sat there with my tongue hanging out and I was actually swallowing incorrectly. I would swallow pushing my teeth, pushing my tongue to the front, the back of my teeth and it was pushing my teeth out of my mouth on an angle. So I needed to learn how to properly swallow. Another thing for um, when I was in, in college, I actually started out in nursing and it wasn't my forte. I, nurses are absolutely phenomenal. My mother's a nurse, my godmother's a nurse. They're amazing women. It just was not sticking for me. And that's how I ended up going to speech pathology because I always love talking and I always love communicating with people. So that's how I got there. Now, the best thing to do when your teenager is not engaging with you and you're like, why aren't you talking to me? Tell me about your day. When you're talking about things that they uh, they like, things that they're passionate about them, echo them, mm -hmm. literally repeat their words to them because what you're doing, when you repeat somebody's words to them, you're talking in a very specific language to them. Mm -hmm. And when you're repeating them, not in a mocking way, 
But when you're saying, you're saying that you understood it, you heard it and you're validating them. That is so important because they want to be heard, but they want to be heard the way that they want to be heard. So if you say, if they say math was bad today and you go, oh, math wasn't so good today. What happened to math? It's not the same language. If you, if math was bad today, oh, math was bad today. What happened? Tell me about it. Just using that little switch, the word that they chose Mm -hmm. and then saying, tell me about it or tell me more. What else? Mm -hmm. That is encouraging them to continue to talk. So Mm -hmm. even when you're talking about their, their listening to music, oh, who's your favorite music artist? And talk about the things that they like to talk about. They're probably not going to want to talk about certain things that are going on because they really don't have a knowledge base of it. If you're talking about, oh, what what cool thing did you find on TikTok? What cool thing did you find on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Talk about what they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You're going to get way more from that. And as you're getting more from that, you're also repeating them. You're understanding them. You have intentional communication now because you're communicating with them intentionally, which is the goal because you want to, you want to talk to your child, but also they're being understood. They're being heard. They're being seen. That at our very core is what we want. And this is where communication excels because that's how you connect with somebody that is so absolutely important. And they also want that connection. They're not going to tell you that they want that connection, but primally wired, that is the connection that they want. Absolutely. And you, you, you said it so beautifully, Lenora, because one of the things that I remind parents is even if the kid looks like they don't want anything to do with you, I don't want to hang out with you, in, in, in within them, very basic a need is connection. Yes. Completely, I can't agree more with you. And what we know as researchers, psychologists, I'm sure you know this, and I'm sure everyone in this community now know this, is that we have to get into their world. We have to get into their world. And you said something very beautiful. Repeat the exact words they say. Now, I'm just wondering, (laughs) sometimes they have very flowery language, right? How, and I have found myself challenged by my own very, you guys know I have this teenager, very strong-minded, very free. She knows that she's, she's the child of life, wanting to express herself, you know, like literally embodies Khalil Gibran's poem. Our children are not our children, right? <laughs> she knows that. She's like, she doesn't say it, but she knows it. So the, so how do you repeat? Because I can tell you some of the words that she says, and I'm thankful. One, one of the things, like you said, because of the way we have grown together, is because every day for me is a learning I haven't, I haven't parented her today the way, because she's a new person today. I'm a new person today. So I cannot claim to know everything. So how do you repeat some of those very flowery, some of the very flowery language? Because some of it can be, and I'm not talking, and I can tell you in, in some of the, sorry, in some of the situation is daughter, she, she doesn't, she doesn't really swear, right? Mm-hmm. But I have other kids and friends and, and young people that I work with, and they have these words that I cannot repeat on air. And, and, and I can't even repeat to them because I'm. But one of the things I have learned to do is not show shock or don't, I don't show shock and I don't show, you know. I don't show, oh my God, what did you say? I don't do that. Because I learned a long time ago that as soon as you show shock, they stop talking. But when you lean in and say, tell me more, right? 
But what I'm interested in specifically <laughs> is how do you repeat that? Because I, I personally am unable to repeat some of, like, like the kid will tell you, oh, oh, this person was effing this, you know, how, how do you do that? How do you navigate that? <laughs> Completely. And that is such an absolutely amazing question, Angela. When that is happening, so typically they're cursing for shock value and to see and to add emphasis and energy to what was going on. That's how they're literally feeling. Now, that's how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. You do not have to mimic that by any means. You don't have to model that by any means. But what's happening is they're trying to get you to the same heightened energy and as you can stay, as you can stay stable in your energy, they're going to start to come back down. So you can say, oh, okay. So that's what was happening. Good to know. And I completely agree with you about shock. Many, many years ago, one of my dear friends, she had said to me, never show judgment, never show mm. that you're shocked because they absolutely will power down. And I love what you said also you leaned in and you told me more when you're communicating with your body language, especially when we're front to front, what you're, ha what you're having is a full connection. And if you can always tell, you can see if somebody's feet are angled another way, they're only partially involved in that connection. Mm -hmm. So when you have them in this connection, tell me more. And if you can stay stable mm -hmm. in your, I'm still the authority. I'm still in control. I'm not going to use that language because that is my boundary and that's not appropriate right now. And also because I want to continue to model that that's not really how I talk, even if that's how you talk. And you'll start to see in time, typically cursing does start to, to taper off. You're right. Yes. You're, but, you're... but when they have that heightened energy, it's all coming at you and, and that's what's happening. And they want you to feel as intense as they do. And oh, okay. And you can bring them back down by your ability to stay stable. Oh, that's so, I, I always say the one that loves the most wins. And for me, when you're coming into a conversation, like I remember when he started this conversation, he talked about you come intentionally with kindness, with love, with authenticity. And when we come into a conversation with our young people, and, and by the way, guys, you know, I've, I've, my own daughter has accused me of shouting and all that. And, and, and the reason, <laughs> and, and she, she said to me, mom, you're the one that says to parents, they shouldn't shout at their kids. And, and there you are, shout, why are you shouting at me? You know? And I'm like, I just put my tail between my, my, my legs and I say, I'm sorry, because I, there's no justification for that. So don't think that I'm here claiming that I'm Mrs. Perfect. I'm not, but I can tell you, it doesn't happen. It hardly happens anymore. And, uh, and that's what we want. We want progress, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. And what I wanted to say over there is um, in terms of being grounded, and the reason I say the one that loves the most wins is we know, and this is a concept again, at around this time I'm introducing to my community about mirror, leading, leading with love. So your, your kid comes to you with this, like you said, with this, negative energy they're out there they, they you know they've got thorns they've got you know they've got everything they they've got their teeth out but you are calm and grounded calmness and being ground when you come from a position of love and love is a very high vibration and guys we're not talking about romantic love here we're talking about wanting to understand that person and wanting the best for them, they will come to your level. They will come, they must come to your level because such is the power of love, that such is the vibration of love. So in, in being intentional 
having this intentionality in every conversation, this is how I'm gonna go into this. And sometimes it might even entail not saying anything. You let, because, you know, I, I think it was, um, I can't remember one of the, who said this, that you can't fight someone who's no longer fighting you. At one point, even if you're crazy, you, you stop because there is no resistance. So I think it's, it's a very, it's, and, and again, I'm going to say, we have to lead with love. And like what you said, Lenora, is being grounded, being stable in the midst of all this mayhem, in the midst of havoc, be grounded, right? And, and I, I love that absolutely. So I want to ask you one last question, right? And one of the things here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers, we really encourage parents to do is to take care of themselves, self-care. Because here is my belief, and also from research and work we've done, when we as parents look after ourselves, we are way better able to model self-care and also able to give because we've got it. So, talk to us about some of when it comes to to speech and when it comes to communication how can we as parents practice self-care so that we are better able to serve our kids because really parenting is service it's leadership but it's service right Absolutely, Angela, you and I could sit here and literally talk for another three hours because I've, I have so many, so many things. Um, when, especially when your, your child might call you out on some stuff or your partner, it's, it's very like, oh, how could you? But at the same time, okay, practice what you preach. Okay, fair, fair enough. But also don't be too hard on yourself because you are human and you are allowed to get angry, especially when things are, so let's say you're, you're, someone comes to you and they're really angry. Like you said, not fighting with somebody who's not fighting. If you can stay calm in that moment, you can be angry on the inside, find a way to stay calm. We'll talk about this. Keep watch your tonality for sure, because mm -hmm. when your voice starts to shift, they're going to sense it. But you can absolutely, if that's your intention is to, I want to have a calm communication and a great way to diffuse fights. Mm -hmm. Talk to me like I'm someone you love. Talk to me like I'm someone you care about. It flips a switch immediately wow. and it takes down armor and it's like, oh, okay. And people will back down and really take a, a majority of the time i'm not going to go with 100 yeah, percent. a majority yeah. of the time I, I was about to say i was about to say to say the teenager me i don't love you <laughs> I, I, majority of the time it, when you say it with sincerity when you yeah. say it with before before you you me or anybody mm -hmm. gets to another point okay calm talk to me like i'm someone you love let's let's talk i want it i want to hear what you have to say but i don't want to scream about it it does mm. not have to get to another fight you might sit there in that conversation for a while but it doesn't have to get to that point so those two phrases talk to me like i'm someone you love mm. talk to me like i'm someone you care about those will really help manage mm -hmm. because it'll also remind you i do love this person and i do care about them and i might be really angry right now but I can step away and we'll come back or we can sit here and talk about it, whatever you feel is appropriate for that moment. And I love the, the one that you said about grounding and how to take care of yourself. I absolutely am a huge proponent for how to take care of yourself and self-love. Mm -hmm. Self-love comes in, in what's at least for me in my culture, I think self-love looks a lot like a candle and a bubble bath in the culture. And that's not what it is. <laughs> Self-love really is taking the time to care 
about yourself, parent yourself, nurture yourself, love yourself how you need to, whatever your routine is. If you're, if taking care of yourself is sitting on your bed for 15 minutes in the morning before you get up, take the time. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Um, watch how you're talking to yourself. If your, your internal language, your internal conversation, we're all talking to ourselves, all of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Depends on how many voices you have running around, but that's neither here nor there. When you're talking to yourself in your mind, listen carefully to the things that are, are you're thinking and saying to yourself. If you're judging a lot, it's probably because you're judging a lot of you. If you're seeing a lot of love, it's because you're lo loving a lot of you. So in the morning or when you go to sleep, set the intention, the intention to communicate with yourself, with your nervous system. I want to have a restful sleep tonight. I want to let go of anything I no longer need. I'm going to drop everything at the door. It'll be there when I'm done and I'm rest, well rested, I could pick it up in the morning. Set that intention. When you wake up in the morning, I want to have a good day. What does that look like though? I want to see people that are happy. I want to see people that are loving. I want to talk kindly to people. Setting that intention, what actually is happening is you are rewiring your neuropathways to communicate intentionally throughout your body. The happier you are, it's not necessarily everything is rainbow, rainbows and sunshine. Focus on things that will make you feel good because as they do, you're going to have a chemical hormonal balance mm -hmm. in your body that's going to shift and it's going to sort for things that bring you joy, sort for things that make you laugh, and you're going to live in joy much more frequently. Wow, such beautiful, beautiful, beautiful tips, you know? self-care is not you know it's not candles and yeah. uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's some of it can be that but it starts from eliminating the internal conflict in fact there is a this this might sound religious but there is a verse i love and it says and many people misinterpret it it says if there is no enemy within the enemy without can do you no harm. That's beautiful. If there is no enemy within, the enemy without can do you no harm. And that I is. love that, what you said about what am I thinking of myself? Are you your enemy? Because if you are, everything out there will reflect that. And, and you and I know Lenora, you know, and, and most people that are listening here, and also if you've been in this community for any length of time, you know that I talk about human beings, all of us being electromagnetics, because, because what we think and how we feel forms this magnetic field around us, invisible. Einstein said, every human being has a field. So what fields? Are you having, and, and as Lenora said, what language are you speaking to yourself? What language can you shift that? Because the language that you speak to yourself, if it's nasty and negative, that's what you're going to attract around you because that's your magnetic field. And we know magnets attract like. So, I am so, so grateful. I, gosh, I don't, I don't want this to end, but we've come, <laughs> we've got, I think, Lenora, how can people find you? Because I know we spoke, they, there's so much to unpack. How can people actually find you? There is a ton to unpack. I could not agree more with you, Angela. For speech therapy services, we're available at betterspeech.com. And if people do have questions, about their speech or their communication, you can reach out to us. We offer a 15 free minute consultation and we will do our best to guide you. And if you feel that therapy services may be to your benefit, we can absolutely set you up with a, a board certified and state licensed clinician in, in the US or over internationally, absolutely. All you have to do is visit us at betterspeech.com. And if you have questions, Follow us on social media, post to Facebook, post to YouTube. 
We are there, we are listening, and we're happy to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much. All you guys, as always, one of the things I say is we've offered great information, beautiful information here. My question is, what action will you take on the information that we have provided so that you can get your transformation? Because we, we don't want to be just hearers, to be just hearers. We want to be hearers and then doers so that we can get the transformation. Because this is growth. We are here to grow. We are here to advance, right? And that's what we want for all of us. And that's why I go all over the place looking for great teachers, great coaches like Lenore, so that you can... You, there's no excuse for for not knowing now it's up to you so what will your action be will your action be contacting lenora whatever it is i can't tell you what to do but or will it be being aware of what i am saying to myself what thoughts am i thinking and what will I do tonight? Or what will I do as soon as I listen to this? What one thing will I change? Remember, it's the little steps that add up. And once again, I am so, so delighted and so, so excited to have had this conversation with you, Lenora. I, am, I feel extremely blessed. And all you guys, go to betterspeech.com, right? And um, grab a hold of Lenora. You know, you know, find out more. Ask, tell me more. But more importantly, be teachable, be open and willing to do as you're instructed. As always, you guys, information without action, we get no transformation. And that's not what we want. But from all of us here, a raising remark of the teenagers on today's Tuesday tips for parents of teens. We're going to say bye for now and we shall meet and chat with you guys in our next session. Bye bye now. Thank you so much. Bye.